Hey guys, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Dome. I know y'all are like, what the heck, sis? Like, where's the morning episode? Yeah, I know y'all. I know, technically you guys usually get Monday morning episodes, but today is gonna be a little bit different. You guys are gonna get a late afternoon, late evening, Monday episode, but I feel like, you know, I should still be able to get a pass because you still are gonna get the episode on Monday, guys. So I am trying to get better about managing my week so that way the episode can just drop at midnight on Monday every two weeks, like it's planned to be, but you guys know that the storyline of this podcast is that I don't ever have my life together. So it's slightly getting better, but yeah, there's just some, there's just still some stuff that I could work on and do better at. Nonetheless, you guys are getting an episode. So I hope you guys have had a great weekend. We just came off of Mother's Day weekend. So I hope you guys had a great time with your moms or your mother figures. We had a good Mother's Day over here. Usually for Mother's Day, what I do is I get my mom, my auntie, and my grandmother like a card and a little something to share my appreciation to them because each of them has played, obviously my mom, but my grandmother and my aunt have each played a mother figure role. I've lived with both of them in my lifetime, so I think it's very important for me to show my appreciation towards them. Obviously not just on Mother's Day, but I definitely wanna make them feel special on that day. So I got them some really beautiful orchid flowers. And then me and my brother coordinated to get my mom some plants from Home Depot. So we took her to Home Depot, let her pick out her favorite plant, and that's what we did. And then we also took her to Zoe's Kitchen because that's one of her favorite lunch spots. So that's what we did, hung out, saw my grandma, saw my auntie, hung out for a little bit. And that was kind of like Sunday. It's so funny because my whole plan for Sunday was to be home by 1 p.m. so that way, I wouldn't be out all day so that way I could record the podcast and do all that stuff. But somehow, guys, I didn't get home till six, but it was worth it. I mean, I felt like my mom was really happy with how Mother's Day went for her. And yeah, it's always nice to see the smile on people's faces when you get them gifts or just when they have a really good day and they feel appreciated and loved. So it was worth it to get home a little bit later last night. So yeah, that was great. So this episode is going to be me sharing 27 lessons and tips over the years that have really helped me in my life. And it's just things that I've kind of come to the realization about as far as like relationships and work, friendships, your body, just different things that I've learned throughout my life that I wanted to share with you guys. And I hope that it'll be a blessing for you. I hope that you'll take something with you from this episode and use it in your daily life now. These are things that I still have to tell myself constantly. So a lot of the things that I'm actually gonna be mentioning, it's kind of me preaching to myself. You know, sometimes it's harder to take your own advice, but I did write 27 little tips in my notes on my phone that I'm gonna be going over with you guys. Now there are gonna be some that I'm gonna go into like a little mini rant on I'm sure but because there's 27 of them I'm not gonna do that to y'all I'm not gonna go on 27 separate rants but there are a couple that I did want to kind of 
go into more detail about. So before I get into that, there is something that I did want to mention that I actually wrote in my notes at the time that it happened. And it kind of helped me create this list. So I actually created this list. I came up with this episode idea when I was on my way to Atlanta to go see my best friend. And this was like, I guess at this point, it's been almost three weeks since we've been back. So this was like April 15th, shortly before my 27th birthday, I was on the flight and I was kind of like going through it a little bit. Like I was kind of panicking inside my mind. The flight wasn't even that bad. And the pilot gave us the heads up that there would be a little bit of turbulence by the time we got to Louisiana for about 30 minutes. So it's not like I didn't know ahead of time that it was possible that the flight was gonna have turbulence, but you know, we were on our way to Atlanta and I kind of was just like panicking and just thinking about my life and where I'm at and where I've been and where I used to want to be. And it prompted me to create this list because when I was growing up, I always, and okay, actually you guys, this is your trigger warning because this is going to be talking a little bit about suicidal thoughts and ideations. So this is your trigger warning. If that's going to hurt your mental health in any way by listening to this part of the podcast, then I would say maybe skip 10 minutes ahead and then you can just kind of listen to the tips. But yeah, this is gonna be talking about suicide for a quick minute. I feel like all my life, I've always said to people that I care about that I just wanna die, that I just want to kill myself. And I wasn't saying it for sympathy. I wasn't saying it because I wanted those people to feel bad about themselves. I was saying it because that's truly what I thought I wanted to do. That was truly what I thought would be the only way that I wouldn't have to deal with my life and deal with the things that were going on when I was younger. And that would just be an easy way to, you know, get out of it, just to kind of not be here anymore because it's like, why should I be here? You know, things are not going well. There's always something. It was just something that I just remember telling a lot of my family members and friends. You know, I was kind of met with a couple of different reactions, like, you know, telling my grandmother that, and I'm sure like that breaks her heart to hear that her granddaughter doesn't want to be here. And I told her that as long as I can remember. I mean, I really think that the first time that I ever thought about um, dying by suicide was maybe as early as 10 or 11 years old is probably when I started like thinking about it. That's probably when I started thinking that it was a possibility that I could do that. And I started saying it out loud. And I think that just became a part of who I was is just always feeling like I just want to die. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because at this point, I don't want to die anymore. Like I don't want to die by suicide. I want to live. I want to experience my life. I want to get to a point where I'm completely happy with where I'm at in my life and the decisions that I've made. I want to be happy in my career. I want to, you know, get married one day and possibly have a child. I don't know. I just want to be completely fulfilled in my life and I want to live my life to the fullest. 
but when I was younger that just wasn't really what the case was like even if I was actually out there living my life I mean it's not like when I was younger I was just cooped up in the house and I didn't do anything like that's not the case but there were just always things going on in my life where I felt like it would just be easier to not be here I mean and there were times where I attempted to you know die by suicide I have remember at least two or three times where I attempted that and I could never go through with it I could never go through with it I don't know I well actually I do know I know a part of it is because I grew up Christian and I was always kind of told that dying by suicide was a sin and that I would immediately go to hell for it as if it's not like I mean literally there's so many ways that you would go to hell if we're talking about from a Christian standpoint of the sins that you could commit that would put you in that situation. But I knew that 100% if I were to die by suicide, that there would be no grace for that. And I would just be in hell. And then I would have made the people in my life that are still living suffer. But then at the same time, I didn't know, would they really suffer? Like, how would people feel if I actually wasn't here anymore? Like, would people even care? Would people come to my funeral? Would people just be like, I'm glad she's not here because now she doesn't have to complain about her life every time I see her. I'm glad she's not here because then it doesn't have to be a woe is me situation. Every time she comes to school, she's coming to school with some crazy story about what happened over the weekend and why can't she ever be positive? Why is everything so negative in her life? And I just assumed that maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Maybe I would feel better because I wouldn't have to deal with life and maybe other people would be okay with it because then I wouldn't be bringing down their mood by telling them about the things that I go through. So yeah, it was just always something that I said and thought that I wanted to do, but I, for whatever reason, could never go through with the the act of doing it. I could never follow through with it. And I did have a friend who told me that, you know, if I ever would have chosen to die by suicide, that it would have been selfish. And I definitely understand what she means by that, but I kind of felt like that was a little insensitive to say, but maybe that... Maybe her saying that is something that always stuck with me and maybe is the reason why I never could follow through with it. Because sometimes people tell you things and it just stays with you. It just always stays with you. And that's one of those things. Like I've always thought of it as, you know, maybe it is selfish and I have to leave people behind. They have to pick up the pieces and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. But long story short, the good thing is I no longer feel that I need to die by suicide. I want to live and I just want to experience life in a way that I never have before by truly being happy. And right now I'm trying to work towards that. I'm trying to kind of really take care of me and put myself first. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that. I mean, I have some ideas but yeah, it's going to be like a work in progress. And I'm really just glad that God did allow me to see 27 years. A lot has transpired over my life in the last 27 years. It's actually quite wild now that I think about it, like just the things that I've been through. And I'm not saying this to say that all my problems 
are greater than anybody else's problems. I'm not saying that at all. Um, I actually hate when people say that because it's like, even if my problems are smaller compared to somebody else's, they're still my problems and my problems are valid. And I have a right to feel some type of way about the things that are going on in my life, even if someone else is experiencing something worse. I don't understand why people say stuff like that. Like that's like literally asinine to me. Like, give me a little, like, give me a break, literally. Like, I hate when people say like, well, you know, you have it so good and people over here, you know, they don't have this. Some people don't have food and water. And it's like, I get that. I completely understand that. But that's just not my situation. So don't try to make me feel bad about me having a rough time in my life just because it's not to the extremes of somebody else's problems. Like don't minimize people's problems, guys. Like that's probably one of the worst things that you can do. If you feel like you can't offer any advice or sympathy, I mean, sometimes literally just sitting with people when they're talking to you about stuff, just sitting with people, creating space for them to be open with you really does go a long way. So if you just can't think of anything to say that would be of use to that person when they are going through something like that, then I would just challenge you to kind of just be present. Ask that person like how you can be there for them because um, sometimes that's really all that is necessary for that person to feel like they matter. And I think a lot of times when I was younger, I didn't feel like I mattered. I didn't feel like I was important. I didn't think that anybody really cared about me, even though there were people that cared about me, guys. There were people that cared about me, obviously, but I did not feel, I didn't feel that way. Anyways, that's kind of what led me to write this list. You know, I was kind of panicking on the plane and I kind of just started thinking that how ironic is it that all my life practically, I wanted to die by suicide now that I actually want to live my life and I want to be happy, I don't I don't think about dying by suicide anymore. That's not something that I want to do. I want to have an enjoyable life. You know, I want to be fulfilled, be happy, you know, travel more, meet new people. Like I want to do all these things. And now the only thing that I can think about almost day to day is when and how I'm going to pass away. And I think that is so crazy. Like when I was younger, I didn't so much think of how I was going to die. I didn't like stress about that. I mean, I've always been kind of like an anxious person. So, you know, things that popped up in the news, I would worry about stuff like that. But it wasn't up until like, I don't know, maybe when I turned 18 is when I started worrying about like how I could possibly die and then over the last year I will say or maybe the last six months like I just have feelings almost every day of something's gonna happen to me something's gonna happen to my loved ones when, how is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen is it gonna be a tragic tragic way to go like it's just so crazy that now that's my reality because I actually want to live now it's almost as if the devil is saying like oh she wants to live now so let me place all these negative thoughts in her mind so she can't truly live because she's literally trapped inside her own thoughts that make her feel as though her time is tomorrow and so you I don't really think you can live your life to the fullest if you're always wondering when you're gonna pass away like that's wild to me. 
it really actually makes me sad because I feel like isn't it a good thing that I've gotten to the place where I actually want to live but now yet I can't really truly enjoy my life because in the back of my mind I'm always wondering like what next thing is going to happen and it's just really crazy to me. I wrote in my notes like I used to want to be dead but now I'm grateful that God's plan is greater than mine but even though I wrote that down I still like I said I still have these reoccurring thoughts of when am I going to be gone and that's just wild to me. Like I said at least something good came out of it as far as this list is concerned. I think this is a very thorough list of kind of the things that I've learned over the years. And for anybody who's listening to this, who is a close friend or family member of mine, I am very much okay. Like my mental health is decent. I am not necessarily in a bad place. I'm definitely going through something right now that is hard to deal with, but I'm trying to figure out how to work through it. I don't know how to work through it. I think it's going to be something that I have to deal with over time. So yeah, I'm definitely going through something right now that's really kind of wild also. Like, I don't know y'all, like I just feel like shit be going on and I don't understand it. Like, I just don't understand why certain things be going on and why things happen to me and why cert I'm in certain situations. Like sometimes I think I bring it, bring it on myself and I think I bring it on myself because I'm too honest. I'm too open and I'm too honest with people that I care about. And I think that sometimes that gets me in trouble in ways that I don't realize until shit hits the fan. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Shit has hit the fan and now I'm having to pick up the pieces and figure out how I'm going to deal with this situation. So yeah, guys, I'm fine. So don't take this as like a like a wake up call to you or anything like I'm good those are just the feelings that I have and unfortunately it's something that I have to deal with but anyways let's get out of the somber somber attitude here and let's get into the list now there's actually one more thing that I want to add technically this would make this 28 points but I said something very monumental in the just like a couple seconds ago I was saying time heals all wounds I truly believe that that is true because there have been times where I've been heartbroken over a guy or just heartbroken in general. And I think that in that moment, you feel like you're never gonna get out of that situation. You're never gonna come out of it. And I don't know if you guys know, but the feeling of being heartbroken, that feeling of like your heart being ripped out of your chest, like that feeling, it's like a feeling in the pit of your chest. Like I can't even explain it, but that's how I feel when my heart is broken. And unfortunately, like I've felt that feeling over the last couple of weeks. I've like, my heart has literally been broken. But you know, like I said, I'm working through that. I'm dealing with it somehow, one way or another, I'm gonna figure the shit out. I don't know how you guys, but um, I've been trying to do things that would help me at least put my thoughts on paper such as journaling. I don't know if that has helped, but at least my thoughts are on paper. I do think that it's just one of those situations where like nothing can be done about the situation that I'm in. I basically just have to get over it. And because I have to get over it, that just tells me that time is going to heal whatever the issue is. In due time, maybe I'll come out of it and it'll be fine. But at the moment, it's not fine, but I'm fine, if that makes any literal sense to anybody. Because right now, at this point, you guys, I'm just rambling. But yeah, time heals all wounds. 
So whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, when you think about like things that have happened to you that maybe did break your heart or just really challenging situations that you've gone through in your life, and you're like, wow, like I don't even think about this person anymore or you know, I've kind of dealt with that situation and now it doesn't bother me anymore. You might still think about things that have, you know, hurt you in the past. I don't think you ever just stop thinking about stuff like that, but you get to a point where you accept it, it happened and you have healed from it and now you move on. And I think that is really important. So time definitely does make a difference when you're going through things and you just got to take it day by day. And I think it, it makes a difference. So that's going to be the first one. The next one is going to be go where you are celebrated, not where you're tolerated. This is a big one, y'all, because when I think about this, the first thing that comes to mind is like all of my romantic relationships. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody where I feel like they're just tolerating me. Like I'm just somebody to be tolerated. You don't really care to be with me, but you don't want to not be with me. So you're just like coasting through here. You're not really satisfied with me as your partner, but you're just kind of you're just kind of winging it. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but when I think about it, I kind of think about my last relationship because, and I told you guys about that situation, but my ex never felt like I could be satisfied or pleased just in general. Like nothing he ever did was good enough. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Yeah, nothing he did was good enough for me. It wasn't good enough because he was doing the bare minimum. And I have every right to feel that way. And maybe there's another woman out here that will accept what he gave. But for me, he didn't give really anything to me. He always said that I couldn't be pleased, that I couldn't be satisfied, that I'm too difficult. But it's like, but if that's the case, then why are you still with me? And then he would also follow up that question to, well, I don't have a problem with you. I'm just saying that you can't be satisfied. But I'm thinking, why would you want to be with somebody who who makes you feel like you can't satisfy them? But there was never really an answer as to why he still wanted to be with me. So my thing is, I mean, also it was on my part too, because I didn't really want to be with someone like him, considering how that relationship was going but I didn't want to let the guy go because I'm thinking like girl like I don't have any prospects if I let this guy go and I'm almost 30 and I want to have a family and blah 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 so I kind of kept trying to coast through that relationship myself and you know that whole thing but you know I felt very I felt like he was only tolerating me as a person and I didn't feel celebrated at all, at all in that relationship. And there's plenty of times where I haven't felt celebrated at all. So, you know, that can go for romantic relationships, like platonic friendships. I, maybe it could even go for work. Like you should feel like you're appreciated and celebrated in what you decide to do. I would say like another example of this would be like, at my job, my boss makes it a point that every Friday we send our coworkers or anybody who has like helped us in any way in that particular week, we send them like a little gratitude message and let them know how much they are appreciated and how much we value them 
And I think that that definitely helps people feel like they're appreciated and valued in their work because I feel like when people don't get that recognition, when they don't get that that positive feedback, people are more susceptible to feel burnout with their jobs if they don't get that feeling of recognition and feeling appreciated. So I think it could go for work. I think it goes for relationships. I really think it can go for anything, but go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And if you feel like you're only being tolerated, then you need to get out of that situation because life is just way too short to feel like not valued. Yeah, we're just not doing that. So that's number one, guys. That's number one. The next one is also very important to me. It's you are not your gene size. Let me say it again for the folks in the back, especially to my ladies, you are not your gene size. And the reason why this is so important to me is because right now I'm not saying I'm on any type of journey. I am trying to just live a healthy, happy lifestyle. I'm not on a fitness journey. I'm not on that. I, that Those words, they trigger me now because I was so wrapped up in fitness a couple of years ago. And while I told you guys I did get to my dream body to a degree, I still wasn't really happy with my body once I got so small. And when I look back at all these pictures of how I used to look, I was, I looked sick. Like I looked sick because I was small. You know, I never really was fully satisfied with my body, whether or not I was super lean when I was bigger than I am now, when I was like a uh, in-between size, like I have never really been satisfied with my body for as long as I can remember. And that has a lot to do with the pressure that society places on women to look a certain way. And, you know, we just unfortunately have to deal with that and that sucks. But I can honestly say that I think I'm a lot more confident in my body now than I ever was. And I'm actually bigger than I was when I first started my health journey. Like, I guess almost at this point, five years ago, it may be a little bit longer than that. But I weigh more, at least. I weigh more and my gene size is a lot bigger than when I first started, but I feel a lot more confident in my body because I'm not trying to push myself to like crazy limits. I'm not trying to do hours of cardio in the gym so I could be a size two. I'm just doing what what works for me. I'm doing what makes me feel ha happy and healthy and I'm not trying to get down to a size two. And it's funny because when I got down to like, a pretty decent weight or a weight where I was like comfortable at. I didn't feel like I was too small or, you know, nothing like that. I was like a size 10 in jeans. So this was like 2019. I was a size 10 in jeans. And then by the time like we were deep into the pandemic and right before I decided to go back to the gym, I got up to a size 16 in jeans. And of course, at that point, I'm devastated because I've gone up at least three jean sizes from a size 10 or actually wait 12 yeah that's three jean sizes so I was kind of like devastated about that because then you have to buy a whole new wardrobe of course when you gain weight usually in the past whenever I would like try to lose weight it would be like the goal would be to fit back into the clothes that I could no longer fit in and then now I'm just trying to unlearn those unhealthy habits because if I can't get back into my size 10 jeans, I'm not gonna be mad about that. Like, sure, would it be nice to get back into my size 10 jeans so I don't have to get rid of them and then buy whatever size my body is gonna be 
at its set point, like whatever weight I stay at or whatever, and whatever jean size is going to be my jean size, would it be nice to be able to get back into a size 10 so I can wear all my old clothes? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in theory, it would be nice to do that. But I'm thinking that I probably won't be a size 10. Even if I drop 30 pounds by the end of this year, which is kind of like my goal, I don't think I'm going to be back in a size 10. And I have to be comfortable in knowing that maybe my body isn't meant to be a size 10. Maybe it's not meant to be a size 10. And holding on to like all these clothes from like high school, my high school jeans and just stuff that at this point, it's like, why am I holding on to things from when I was 16, 17 years old? I'm a grown ass woman at this point. I'm almost 30 years old. There is no reason why I should be wanting to still look like my teenage body. My teenage body served its purpose for my teenage self. I am a woman. I need to be in a woman's body. I don't need to have a teenage body at 27 years old. Like that's wild that I, that people actually go about life trying to make sure they can still fit back into their high school jean size like you know so I'm definitely guilty of that so that's something that I have to literally tell myself almost all the time is you know I wear a bigger jean size but that doesn't change my worth that doesn't define who I am you know I mean if you even think about it like sometimes you could be a size 12 I don't know, old navy jeans, and then you could be a size 14 in Abercrombie. Like, material is different. Like, I'm trying not to be so fixated on size of anything. I want clothes to fit my body. I don't want to try to fit into clothes. I don't want my body to fit into clothes. You should want clothes to fit your body, meaning you buy clothes that fit you well. And it doesn't matter what size it has to be. As long as you feel comfortable and confident in what you are wearing, it doesn't matter what size it is. That one is a big one for me because it's something that I have to tell myself daily for sure. The next one is going to be be true to who you are. And that's very self-explanatory. Be true to who you are. Be honest about who you are. Be honest about the people you like, the things that you're into. You know, just be honest about what you want out of life, who you want in your circle, your expectations for yourself, your expectations for other people. Be honest about your boundaries. Like be true to who you are. Do not compromise who you are to fit anybody else's mold of who they want you to be. Be who you are and the right people will be around you because the right people, you'll know when you have the right people around you. They won't try to change you. They're not going to try to make you into something that you're not just to fit their narrative. Like, no, you, you be who you are and the right people will be around you and they will accept you for you. And that I can honestly and truly say. So that, that's a, that's a big one right there. The next one is going to be people make time for what matters to them. I think this is probably one of the more controversial ones because you guys know how it is when like, let's say you send somebody a text message, like a close friend, you send them a text message. They don't respond. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying like within a second, but like, let's say it takes them hours to respond, but then you see them on Instagram and I'm not going to lie to y'all. Sometimes I be feeling some type of way. I be feeling some type of way. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I sent you a message and why are you scrolling on Instagram? But you didn't reply to my message. Like you're on your phone. So I know you saw the message that sometimes does still bother me, but then I find myself doing it 
like unintentionally. And then I'm like, okay, so now because I realize that I do it too, now I can give grace to those that do it to me. And I try not to take it personal, but I definitely used to take it a lot more personal. I'm just like, I just don't understand how you kind of like glazed over my text message when you're on Instagram. So I don't get that. But I mean, that's just, that's just a funny sidebar y'all, but truly and honestly, like people are going to make time for what's important to them and who's important to them. So if you prioritize working out, because that's something that you want to do, you want to move your body, you want to feel, you know, those endorphins during your workout. If working out is something that makes you feel happy, that's something that you're going to prioritize. Whether or not you can fit in just a 20, 30 minute workout, you're going to make time for it and you're going to work it into your schedule. You're going to do that because that's what you want to do. That's what makes you feel whole and happy. Just like talking to friends and family. If you want to make it a point to speak to your friends however often, you're going to do that. If your friends need you and you need to be there for them, like you're just going to make time for what's important to you, you know? I'm not saying that in order to do that, you have to put your needs behind the people that you're actually making time for. Like you definitely need to have boundaries around your time and what you can offer to other people because you definitely need to fill your cup before you try to fill other people's cups. Like I definitely believe that also, but there is a moment where you kind of do have to realize that it does require sacrifice in order to make time for other people. And people are just not always as busy as they make themselves seem. Like some people are busy, sure, but you're not always busy. You can make time for others. You can make time for family. You can make time for your friends. You can make time for your partners. You can make time to go to the gym. You can make time to do a lot of things that you truly want to do. And if you don't want to do it, then you're not going to make time for it. I think that's just as simple as that. So I would say if you're seeing a consistent pattern or behavior of someone who's not willing to put in any time or effort for you, then I think you need to evaluate that friendship or relationship or situation because no one is too busy. Like no one is ever that busy. People have so many, so much time throughout the day, even though sometimes it seems like where did the day go? Cause I feel like that all the time, but I do make time for the things that I want to do at the end of the day, whether that means I'm staying up past my bedtime to watch a show, whether that means I'm going to stay at the gym an extra hour because I feel like it, whether that means instead of cooking dinner, I'm going to, I don't know, do some self care. Like you're always going to make time for what you want to do. So just remember that. The next one, I'm going to start like listing some of these now because I've done a lot of sidebars. So I want to kind of start listing some of them and then I'll come back to some of my favorite ones. So the next one is quality over quantity. Advocate for yourself at work. Ooh, this next one is good. Unlearning bad habits takes time. I think this one is especially important when it comes to when you think about like your childhood and how it shaped you into the person that you are, you are definitely going to have to unlearn some things that maybe were taught to you when you were a kid or things that maybe you learned from other people like in church. Like that's something that for me, that's a big thing for me, like trying to unlearn some of the not even it's not even just a habit. Sometimes it's just unlearning certain like ideologies and trying to make sense of the world on your own. 
Um, of course, if you practice a certain religion and you know, you want to continue to believe in whatever ideologies are preached or practiced, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think that sometimes you have to take a step back and like reevaluate what has been told to you for yourself. And how does that play a role in your life today? Like there are just things that when I was growing up were maybe just not acceptable because that's how it was taught to me. Like you feeling this way or liking this type of person, that's not acceptable. But you know, at this point, I'm so far removed from those ideas. That doesn't mean that everything is completely unlearned. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it means that, you know, I'm not going to just sit by and let people that have, I'm not going to let things that I've learned in my childhood shape every aspect of my adult life. Like, you know, you have to sit back and rethink about the things that were taught to you and see how they how they fit into your life right now. Whatever that means for you guys, like sometimes you just have to sit and self-reflect. And a lot of times, like even if you don't sit and self-reflect, you'll just have situations presented to you in adulthood that'll make you realize that something that you were taught as a child, maybe just never, it doesn't apply anymore. Like it might, it just might not apply anymore. So let's see the next one. And this is kind of like what we've been talking about on this podcast. Take care of your physical and mental health. Your mental health is just as important as your physical health. So mental health, taking care of it, self-care days, mental health days, going to therapy. It also trickles into this next one, which says don't suffer in silence. You know, tell people how you're feeling. Ask for help when you need it. Don't shut down when people offer you help. Use your resources. This is also me preaching to the choir here. This is me preaching to myself because I have still not gone back to therapy. So clearly I'm not practicing what I'm preaching, but don't be in my business, hunty. But yeah, definitely don't suffer in silence. Ask for help. Let people know how you're feeling. So this is you doing your part to speak up and ask for help. But then the person that you choose to disclose your feelings with, they need to be able to sit and listen and kind of ask how they can support you through what you're going through. I think sometimes we try to give advice too quickly or we're we're listening to respond and sometimes we just need to actually just listen. Listen to understand instead of listening to reply back to that person. So I am actually working on that now and I actually had a situation with one of my friends this past week. I was like, you know, going forward, I'm going to let you you know, come to me with any situation regarding like what she's currently going through. And I'm just going to support you through it. I am not going to give you unsolicited advice because personally, I think you already know what I'm going to tell you. Essentially, you know, I'm just going to support you through what you're going through. And I'm going to listen to understand. I'm not going to shove all this advice that was unsolicited down your throat because I don't want to make it seem like, I just don't want to make it seem like I have all the answers when it comes to this certain topic. And I want my friends to be able to come to me and not feel like I'm judging them or making them feel some type of way for the situations that they're in. Because I've also been in some precarious situations that I have not been judged for. So I also need to practice that and make my feel, my friends feel like they're cared for and that they can come to me and I don't have to shove like advice down their throat every five minutes. So the next one is comparison is the thief of joy. 
this has a lot to do with social media for sure because as we know instagram is a highlight reel and we come across these celebrity pages and just a tip for y'all if you guys struggle with comparing yourself to other people you really need to find a way to curate your page to where you're seeing things that make you feel uplifted. Somehow I finally cracked the code y'all on my Instagram that my stuff is not just about fitness content because years ago, that's all I used to like was fitness content. So all I would see are these bikini competitors or just people posting workout videos. And, and at the time, like I wanted to know that stuff because I was trying to learn about weightlifting and fitness and nutrition. But after a while, you know, that stuff became very triggering to me because I would be like, well, I don't look like so-and-so. So, you know, I would start feeling bad about myself. Now I feel like my page is more of like mantras and daily affirmations. And I, I have a lot of therapy pages on my Instagram so I can see like how to set boundaries, ways that you can set boundaries with your partner, ways to show like healthy expectations or just ways to support your friends like just things like that or um, I follow a lot of pages that are talking about just ways to move your body that have nothing to do with weightlifting like the importance of stretching doing yoga like just stuff like that I don't really follow any celebrities at all I don't even really care to look at celebrity pages or what they're wearing or, you know, stuff, stupid stuff like that. And as far as like the people that I follow that I actually know, I feel like they have to make me feel good about myself. And obviously it's no one else's responsibility to make you feel good about yourself. But there are just certain people on Instagram that they give off this vibe that makes me feel inferior, that makes me feel insecure. Obviously, that's something I have to work on. Like the insecurity is my own problem. It's not the person who's posting the stuff that's fault it is. It's my problem. It's not my fault, but it's my problem. And it's not their fault that I feel triggered by what they're posting. But all that means is I need to remove them from my feed. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're purposely trying to trigger you. It just means that that's just not something that's beneficial to your mental health. So you need to remove that and then you need to replace it with a person or a page that's going to make you feel good about yourself and make you feel like you're actually doing well for yourself. Sometimes I feel like it used to happen to me a lot, not so much anymore, but it used to have to happen to me a lot when I would see people my age getting houses or people my age saying that they make six figures or people my age who seem like they're always on vacation out of the country. And I'm just thinking like, wow, like I'm literally broke. I don't have any money. I'm not smart. I'm not fulfilled in my job. And look at all these people with all this X, Y, and Z. They look like they love their job. They love their work. They're fulfilled. They can travel. They can just go on these luxurious girls trips. And I can't even go literally out the country unless that's like planned probably a year in advance. Cause then I'd have to have the funds right for it and stuff like that. It's definitely a lot better. I don't feel as triggered as I used to when I get on Instagram because my page is curated to make me feel good about myself. It's not it's not there to make me feel less than. And like I said, it's not the person who's posting 
the information whose fault it is. It's no one's fault, but you just have to realize like what's good for you, what's working for you. And sometimes you may just have to mute them for a little while. Maybe you're going through a rough time and seeing their posts make you feel worse about yourself. So maybe you just mute them until you're good and then you can unmute them and maybe all will be well. Like it just really depends on you and what you need for your mental health. And then also, you know, taking breaks from social media helps a lot because when you're not on social media, you're not comparing your day-to-day life to everybody else. You're just not. Like when I go to the grocery store, I'm not comparing myself to the person standing next to me. But for, for whatever reason, when I get on Instagram, I start doing all this comparison with all these random people that I don't know or people that I do know who are my age who seem to have their lives figured out and I don't. So yeah, just kind of curate your page, take you know mental health breaks as far as social media is concerned and just try to make your page that's gonna be something that is uplifting to you and not something that's gonna make you feel less than. So the next one is there's power in the tongue. Anything that you speak over your life can come to fruition. And that's something I actually learned in church when I was younger. Like you don't want to speak negativity over your life. You want to speak positivity. You want to manifest positive actions, positive things in your life. You don't want to speak death over your life. You don't want to speak harm over your life. Like you just want to put out positive things into the world so that way you get positive outcomes. And I just think that's so true because sometimes when you say something out loud, it becomes a real thing. And now I'm really trying to practice watching what I say, watching how I talk to myself, trying to be more gentle and kind with myself and just trying to put more positive energy out into the world because I do think that you end up getting that positivity back. So the next one is you teach people how to treat you. Um, I'm just going to go down the list for a couple more and then I will probably go into detail on like maybe two more because I think we have like 10 or 11 left. I don't know how many we've gone over so far. Honesty is the best policy. Don't burn bridges. Be accountable for your actions. Don't ignore red flags. Blood is not always thicker than water. I want to talk about this one. I want to talk about this one because when I started doing this podcast, I told you guys that there was some there was some negative feedback that I got from a family member regarding my podcast. And at the time, it was this big, grandiose situation that really got out of hand for no reason. And then I had to kind of like repent for my actions because I felt like that person made me get out of character and that wasn't their that that wasn't their fault that was my fault like I could have controlled my emotions in that moment but I was so like ready to like go in on this person because I felt like I had been silent for way too long and it was just it the opportunity presented itself and I decided you know what I'm gonna let you have it because at this point I'm tired of people pleasing and trying to hold stuff in and you know stuff like that and sometimes unfortunately there could be someone on the street who meets you randomly who has better intentions for you than maybe a family member I'm not necessarily saying that this family member doesn't mean well I'm not saying that but I do think that there is something to be said about people that are not related to you 
who sometimes mean mean they mean well compared to a family member that is of blood relation sometimes the people that you meet in your day-to-day life who are not of blood relation you'll find that these people are willing to give you the clothes off their back they're going to be there for you they're not going to just be there for you in the good times or the bad times and you can call them up and they'll be there and blah 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 and sometimes with family that's not even the case sometimes family just wants to suck you dry and sometimes family is not there when you need them and sometimes all family does is want to gossip about you and they don't want to they don't want to cheer you on when you're when good things happen to you but they and they want to tear you down as soon as there's something negative they're right there to listen to it as soon as something positive happens into your life they're nowhere to be found so definitely keep that in mind it is unfortunate because a lot of times we do believe that our family have our best interests at heart because they are a blood relation but sometimes that's just not the case and i think as you get older you kind of learn to accept those things about people and you kind of try not to let it affect you as much because once you know what it is you know what it is and that's why I love when people are up front with me because once I know what the circumstances are I don't have to guess and wonder I just know this is what it is this is what it ain't and I can keep it moving all that second guessing about um just what you mean to people and stuff like that I'm not second guessing nothing because when I start when I have to start second guessing about my relationships with other people that's when it's time to cut the relationship off I don't want my relationships with people to be complicated like relationships are not going to be easy but don't make it complicated because I will cut you off like it's nobody's business and that's something that I have been learning to do it's just literally cutting people off because or just letting things die off and not having a conversation about it I used to feel like you have to have a conversation about everything you can't just walk out of people's lives and sometimes it's just it's not even worth it to go into the conversation with a person it's just not it's just it's it's me taking away good energy to put into my own life and to focus on negative energy with that other person yeah sometimes you just got to pick your battles and it just be like that sometimes honestly okay let's see so never say never control what you can control take time to self-reflect it's never too late to make life changes this is actually funny you're not grown at 18 because child what like No, you are not grown at 18. Research and ask questions. Being sensitive is not a character flaw. Set boundaries and stick to them. And then these last two are going to be the ones that I'll talk about. So forgiveness is more for you than the person at fault. When I think of this one, I think of my stepdad because... I I wouldn't necessarily say that I have forgiven him. That would be a lie because that would mean that I've actually sat down with my thoughts and said, you know what, even though he chose not to be here, I forgive him for all of that and I can move on. That would be a complete lie. So I won't say that I've forgiven him, but I know that that's what I have to get to. I know that I have to get to the point to where I can forgive him so I can move on for myself because at this point I've realized there's really nothing I can do to repair that relationship. There's nothing that I'm willing to do to repair that relationship. I feel like I've done all that I can do in my 27 years. Well, 
maybe 22 because I met him when I was five. In my 22 years, there's too much that I've tried to do to restore or to make that relationship a thing. And I just feel like at this point, there's nothing more I can do. And because of that, I have to realize and accept that I'm going to have to forgive him for what he did or what he didn't do. His absence, I have to forgive him for his, for him choosing to be absent so I can move on and not let that hold me back, you know? Because obviously the lack of relationship with the only male figure in my life who I would have considered a father, it does play a big role in my relationships with men and my relationships with pretty much anybody because that caused a lot of abandonment issues and abandonment issues are not something that just go away after a six month therapy session like that just doesn't happen so it is something that I have to continuously work through but at least I know I'm self-aware that I have abandonment issues so I can kind of you know work on that as I go so yeah it's you know I'm not forgive. I would not be forgiving him for him. I'm forgiving him for me so I can move on with my life. I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to go up to him and be like, yeah, I forgive you for all this. No, 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 no. That's not even going to be a conversation with him. That's a conversation I need to have with myself because I need to be able to move forward and make good life decisions and not continue to use his absence as an excuse for my behaviors. So yeah. That one's on point. And it doesn't obviously just have to go for like parental figures. It could go for anything. But whenever I wrote this, I thought of my stepdad like right off the bat. The last one, guys, very last one is you are not behind, but right where you need to be. And I think a lot of times when we see other people our age doing things that we have yet to do, like buy houses, get married, have children, like be making six figures like when we see people our age doing quote unquote better than us we think that we missed the mark like we're behind we missed out on our opportunity but one thing that I have been seeing a lot and I really love this it's like it's like a little it's not a meme but it's like a little post where it talks about a lot of famous people and where they where they were at at certain years of their life Like, I think there's one where it says like Tina Fey was a waitress up until she was a waitress at 30 before she got her first acting gig. And then there's one where it talks about where Oprah was at 30. And then it makes you put life into perspective. And it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I still have time to go back to school. I still have time to have children I am not behind because I'm not married before 30. I could still find the love of my life. I could find the love of my life at 50. Like, you know, you don't have to have like such a strict timeline for your life. And just because you didn't get a house at 25 or you didn't find your dream job until you were 40, it doesn't put you behind anybody else because God has you right where he wants you. You are in the perfect spot where you are at. And sometimes we look at things, we, th- we think of tangible things to get us ahead in life. But sometimes you have to consider, okay, maybe you don't have that house, but maybe you're emotionally mature now because you've gone through a lot of shit and then you've actually sat and dealt with your feelings. So now you have a lot more emotional maturity than that person who bought that house at 25. Or maybe you didn't get married at 21, but maybe 
you opened up a nonprofit organization at 25. Like, you know, everybody's life path is going to be different. Life is going to throw you curveballs. Life is going to be amazing. It's going to be tragic. Like life be life in like life be life in in the streets. My God, like it's always going to be something and the worst thing that you can do as far as trying to progress in your own life and, you know, um, chase fulfillment and happiness is looking at other people's fulfillment and happiness and thinking that you missed the bus, like thinking that you missed your time, like your time is coming. I don't know when, but your time is coming. You're not behind. Everybody goes through life at their own pace. So that's kind of what I wanted to leave you guys off with. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that it was meaningful in some way. I hope that you took something away from it. Sorry again that it is late, but I will do better in the next two weeks for the next episode. You guys can follow the podcast on Instagram at off the dome podcast underscore. That's where I post all of the new episodes and just any updates that I have for the podcast. You guys can definitely leave me a review anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, probably anywhere that you can probably listen to a podcast, but don't quote me on that. I definitely appreciate you guys' feedback. Definitely leave a comment on the Instagram page to let me know your favorite tip from the episode. I love you guys so much. Thanks so much for continuing to be by my side through this podcast journey. And I will talk to you guys in two weeks. See ya.